Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Let me ask you this question as we're kicking off this new series. Have you ever made plans and they didn't quite go the way that you expected? <laughs> yeah, I've done that a few times. I'm a, I'm a great person at um, kind of mapping out the picture of what my life should look like. Uh, I think we're all good at, uh, at uh, that drawing, but uh, oftentimes many of us are not so good at making adjustments um, when life changes things. And uh, maybe you're here today and, you know, we're a few weeks from the end of the year and you look back over 2024 and you kind of look at the picture that has kind of began to unfold in your life and you see that it's much different than you expected. Maybe it was a breakup that came out of nowhere. Maybe it was a, a, a medical sickness that you've been navigating that you didn't expect or for some of you in the room today, maybe it's a loved one that you thought would be here during this time, this season, this year, and they're not. Or maybe for you, it's, it's your career and you thought that by now you would be at a certain place and that's not happening. Or maybe it was a degree that you thought you would get a lot quicker. I think that, um, I think whenever life doesn't go the way that we planned, it has a tendency to, to kind of rattle us and rattle our faith. I think that oftentimes we can begin to ask the questions of, of God, where are you at in all of this? And, and why are you uh, allowing my life to be disrupted the way that it's being disruptive? Of, or God, what in the world is going on? Well, today I want us to, uh, I want us to dig into the life of Joseph, the father of Jesus. And um, I want to look at his life and I want us to learn how we can um, keep a change of plans from changing our heart towards God so that you and I at the end of the day can become all that God has created us to be. Hey, if today's your first time with us, welcome home. We're so excited that you've joined us today. Uh, my name's Ryan. I have the honor of serving here as lead pastor, and I uh, want to welcome all of you that are watching uh, from home online as well. Today, we're kicking off a, a short uh, message series called Christmas Characters, where we're going to be looking at three of the main characters of the Christmas story and trying to learn from their experiences. Uh, today, we're going to look at Joseph. Next week, we're going to look at Mary. And then on Christmas Eve, we're going to uh, look at Jesus. And so today, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. I want to talk to you from this title, How to Respond When Unexpected Happens. How to Respond When the Unexpected Happens. You know, in Matthew chapter 1, we're introduced to a man, again, it was Jesus's father, but his adoptive father. And what's interesting about Joseph is that we don't know a lot about Joseph, that Joseph was one of the most overlooked people in the entire Bible. In fact, if you think about the Christmas story, other than Jesus, Mary is the star, right? Jesus is the one, or Joseph is the one that's often 
overlooked. That's kind of the reason why when you think about that couple, Joseph and Mary, we always say Mary and Joseph, not Joseph and Mary. It kind of reminds me of when Andrea and I first got married. Her maiden name was Simmons. And um, after we had been married for about a year, we moved to Florida and um, went on staff at her dad's church. And uh, for probably six months, um, I had people in that church calling me Ryan Simmons. Um, Drove me crazy because uh, in our marriage, she's the star and I'm the afterthought. Well, even though Joseph was kind of a footnote in the Christmas story, it was his godly response to a change of plans, a season that was totally unexpected to him that allows us to be even talk about the Christmas story today. If you look with me in Matthew chapter one, starting in verse 18, this is what it says, that this is how Jesus the Messiah was born that his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you can only imagine what Joseph had to be feeling in this season of his life. Here's a guy who had begun to paint the picture of his life, right? He was going to enjoy a happy marriage and a happy life with Mary, but finds out that she's pregnant and he knows that the baby's not his. I mean, you know that for Joseph, and this is something that we often overlook in the story, we, you know that he had to be hurting, You know that the feelings of of shame and embarrassment had to be so heavy that they were almost unbearable, knowing that his soon-to-be wife had betrayed him. Now, as painful as this was for Joseph, God knew something about Joseph that he was still figuring out on his own. God knew that Joseph was a man of character, And that he would ultimately put God's purposes above his feelings and his desires for the future. We see this begin to unfold in this passage in verse 19. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Now, it's interesting that this is Matthew that's making this designation about Joseph that he was righteous some 60 years after the event took place, that there was something about the way that Joseph lived his life and the way that he responded to changing circumstances that left a legacy of righteousness that people were writing about years later. Matthew says this about Joseph, that he was a righteous man, and notice this, that he did not want to disgrace Mary publicly, and so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, I think you and I have to keep in mind the culture of those days, that in those days, there were not a lot of second chances given to women. 
that in Jewish, Greek, and Roman law, that it, they all demanded that a man divorce his wife if she was found to have committed adultery. And so for Joseph in this season, he had painted this perfect picture of what his life was going to look like. And now all of a sudden things are changing. And for Joseph, he finds himself in a lose, lose situation. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a situation in your life and things began to change and all of a sudden it feels like it doesn't matter what choice you make, you lose? For Joseph, in this moment, he's got two choices, divorce Mary and her life be ruined, or stay with Mary and his life be ruined. You see, for him, he would be breaking the law. That at the end of the day, what people would begin to think of Joseph is that, that it was him that got her pregnant before being married which would ultimately result in his own reputation being scarred. And so for him, he finds himself in a really awkward season, not knowing how to respond and not fully understanding the gravity of the moment. Matthew goes on to say in verse 20, he says that as he considered that as Joseph began to consider the, the situation that he was finding himself in, that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then the angel kind of unpacks three things that are about to happen. He says that she's going to have a son and that you're going to name this son Jesus and that this son is going to save God's people from their sins. Now, I want you to put yourself in the moment for a second. That here you've kind of created this life picture of what, how you expect things to go, all of a sudden stuff begins to change. God speaks to you in a dream through the moment and tells you not to be afraid and then says that three things are going to happen, that Mary, who is a virgin that you've not married yet, is going to have a son that this son is going to be called Jesus and that this son is going to save the world. I don't know about you, but that's a whole lot of crazy happening in two verses. I mean, a woman who's a virgin is going to get pregnant by the Holy Spirit and this baby is going to save humankind. I mean, it's crazy. And I can't imagine... Joseph, in this moment, just hearing this dream and just being, okay, God, that sounds cool, let's do it. For us, when we read it, for us, 21st century removed, understanding the, the big, the, the ending of the story already, it, eh, we can kind of read it and dismiss it. But for Joseph, he was living it in the moment. 
He still had to, on the side of the dream, he still had to process what God had spoken to him. And he still had to go through the journey of moving this head knowledge now of what God has said into his heart so that there would be alignment between what he knows and what he feels. And here's what Matthew writes in verse 22. He says, all of this, everything that you're walking through, Joseph, is occurring to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child that she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Matthew writes in the next verse that when Joseph woke up, I want you to, I want you to notice this. When he woke up, that he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. That doesn't mean that in his heart, he was enjoying it in the moment. It meant that in the moment, he reckoned with himself that this is what God is speaking to me and I'm gonna process this out with action. That he did what the angel of the Lord commanded and he took Mary as his wife and then watch this in verse 25 and I'll share why I think this is important here in a few minutes. That it says in verse 25 that he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Now this morning, I want to I share five responses that Joseph had when his life picture began to change. Five responses that Joseph had when, when he had kind of thought through what life would look like and all of a sudden, curveballs are being thrown into that and the unexpected is popping up five responses that enabled him to do two things, to fulfill God's purpose for his life, but to leave a legacy of righteousness that people would talk about and write about for years to come. If you're taking notes, the first response that we see from Joseph is that Joseph did what was right before he heard from God. If you notice that in the text, that his response to, to not publicly humiliate her was done before he had the dream from the angel. See, for Joseph, despite the feelings of being betrayed, he didn't lash out. He didn't try to expose her. He didn't start gossiping about her. Joseph extended grace even when he didn't think that she deserved it. Did you know that this kind of response when we face difficulty in our life is an indicator of spiritual growth? Listen, when we are betrayed in life, it hurts. 
When people talk about us, it hurts. When people judge our motives, it hurts. When we're left out or overlooked in life, it hurts. But when life doesn't go the way that we planned, we have a choice. And the challenge for all of us in those moments is to let the God in us be stronger than the emotions troubling us. Friend, don't write the post. Don't try to get people in your corner to, to carry your offense. Don't try to humiliate them. Don't walk away from the relationship. Don't leave the church when things don't go the way that you planned. Set aside the offense. Put down the grudge and choose righteousness. Choose a healthy kind of response as Joseph did. The second response that we see from him is that Joseph thought before he acted. That's not a, uh, a character trait we see a whole lot in our culture today, is it? Thinking before we act. You know, I think that you and I need to understand the value of considering things. The value of considering the consequences before we act. Because emotional decisions always hurt us and others. I mean, think about most of the decisions, the words, the actions in your life that you regret, the things that you spoke recklessly, you regret them because you reacted before considering. I mean, when you look at Joseph in this moment, if he wouldn't have taken the time to consider, think and pray, that he would have missed out on the opportunity of a lifetime. For in God's way, it's rarely easy because easy never results in spiritual maturity. You and I spend most of our life craving easy. I mean, think about doing an inventory of the prayers that you have prayed lately. Most of those prayers are probably difficulties that you're facing that you desire God to remove from your life so that your life can be easier. And the disconnect that we have in those moments is that God didn't send his son Jesus to die on the cross to make our lives easier. He sent Jesus to die on the cross to make our lives more like him. And for in spiritual maturity, growth doesn't come through easy. It comes through seasons of difficulty where we lean into that difficulty with faith in God that he'll bring us through. See, the easy thing for Joseph would have been to react in the moment, but he didn't. And if you notice in verse 20, that it was in the pause that he heard from God. It was in the pause. 
I mean, I think that there is a connection between the season where Joseph is considering and God is speaking. Joseph considering, God speaking. And I think there's a connection between that because impulsive decisions often drown out God's voice in our lives. Joseph thought before acting, and it was in the pause that he hears from God. And then we see another response that Joseph had that, that made him righteous, that Joseph was willing to obey. Friend, God doesn't test you and I with sin or evil. He tests us with obedience. He tests us with the level or degree of faith in him that when he calls us to step outside of our comfort zone or to do something that might not be a first choice for us, that despite all the feelings that we will be obedient in what he's saying, that's where the true test of our faith lies. The true test of our faith doesn't lie in whether we say a prayer or attend church or read the Bible from the time to time. The true test of our faith is whether we're willing to take a step outside of our comfort zone to be obedient to whatever God is speaking. You see, in times of difficulty, when our life picture seems to, to be changing all around us, God has a way of, of ordering our steps. He has a way of using a sermon or using a song or using a billboard or a conversation with a friend to, to create that light bulb moment where all of a sudden there is a connection between what we're feeling and experiencing in our life and the direction that God would have us go. But at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not God orders the steps, it's about whether or not you and I walk them out. And for Joseph, he knew people were going to make fun of him. He knew people were going to ridicule him. He knew that it was going to, in a way, taint his reputation. But for Joseph, in this moment, his faith in God was greater than his reputation. He chose obedience over what other people would think. And there might be some of you that are here today and you're thinking, Ryan, I've not heard God speak in a long time. I hear you talking about God ordering the steps and using conversations or experiences, but I've not, I've not had that kind of interaction with God in a long time. And if that's you, there's a question that you need to ask yourself this morning. And the question is, is did you obey the last time that he spoke to you. Like the last time that God impressed something on your heart, the last time that he asked you to do something, or the last time that he asked you to say something to someone, or to invite someone to church, or to give something, whether it's legacy offering or taking the giving challenge or whatever it is and you didn't do it. 
You see, there's a principle that I've learned through my years of following God, and it's this, that if you disobey God's command, don't be surprised by his silence. Don't be surprised. You see, disobedience is not just an option that we have in life, but it's an invitation to God to pull his hand off of our life. We get so caught up in this like obedience, disobedience, and, 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 and it's kind of my life, and I get to kind of determine what's there, and occasionally I'll do what God says, but I'm going to kind of live my life. I'm going to receive all that God has done for me, but I'm going to live my life. And then we get frustrated, and we wonder why things just don't seem to fall in place in our life, and it's because we don't realize that our disobedience is an invitation for God to pull his hand off of our life. I mean, look throughout the Bible and look at the moments that because of people's disobedience, God withdrew and allowed destruction to come into people's lives. There is a connection between God's activity in our life and his voice in our life and our decisions to be obedient or not. And if you find yourself in that season where there's just this silence, my challenge to you is to go back to the last time you remember God speaking to you. The last time that you remember God impressing something on your heart and either respond and be obedient now or ask God to forgive you for your disobedience. The fourth thing that we see with Joseph that just made him the kind of guy that left a legacy of righteousness is that Joseph didn't allow his own desires to derail God's purposes in his life. This is the verse in verse 25 that I struggled with whether or not to put into the talk this morning. But as I began to look at it, I began to recognize of how it reveals the level of obedience that Joseph had in this season. And in verse 25, when Matthew talks about how he didn't have sexual relations with her until Jesus was born, we've got to keep in mind here that Joseph was married that he was married at this time and he still restrained himself. And here's what you and I can kind of take away from what Joseph did in this moment. To not let our short-term desires hinder God's long-term plans for our life. To not allow the things that we want the things that we think that we need that are short-term and temporary hinder God's ultimate long-term plan for our life. Because friend, I can promise you, it'll never be worth it. It'll never be worth it. And then the fifth and final response that we see from Joseph is that Joseph cared more about God's plan 
than his own legacy. More about God's plan and God's purposes than his own legacy. I don't know if you've ever wondered this before, but I've often wondered like, was Joseph ever tempted to name Jesus Joseph Jr.? <laughs> like when you think about the significance of children in that culture, and you think about this being the most important birth of all time, and you think about the importance of a firstborn son, and you think about how a child's name in those days revealed so much about their lineage and their heritage and their family. I mean, for Joseph, if he would have named Jesus Joseph Jr., it would have ensured Joseph's place in history. I mean, after everything that he and Mary had been through, and it's obviously a lot, didn't they have the right to name this child whatever they wanted to? What I love about Joseph and what's challenging, I think, to all of us today, is that Joseph didn't complain, he didn't throw a fit, but he cared more about God's plan for the world than his own personal legacy. You know, friend, at the end of the day, our obedience doesn't glorify God when we put our name on it. When we do things for God so that people can look to us and congratulate us and pat us on the back and us put our chest out. Like that kind of obedience doesn't glorify God. And for Joseph in this moment, a season where he had this beautiful picture of what his life and future would look like and and all of a sudden, everything gets disrupted and all of his plans began to change. He didn't deserve to have to walk through this season. There wasn't sin in his life that caused him to have to walk through what he's walking through. But God saw something in Joseph that he couldn't see in himself. A man of character a man that would choose ultimately God's purpose above his own reputation. You see, Joseph was a man that wanted God's name to be known, not his name. And friend, I don't know what your desires are in life. I don't know what your life goals are. But I know what God's goals are. And that is that you and I live the kind of life 
that people are talking about our righteousness for years and years and years. It's called a legacy. And we can only leave that kind of legacy, the kind of legacy that Joseph left if we have kind of three characteristics operating in our life. The first one is we've got to be men and women who are obedient. That when God nudges us, when he impresses something upon our heart, when he calls us to step outside of our comfort zone, we've got to be willing to have faith in God that if he's leading us, that he will provide the grace for us. But not just obedient, we've also have to have the characteristic of, of discipline. That at the end of the day in our life, that whatever God is calling us to do is gonna require us to exchange our wants for his purpose. And then finally, humility. And what good is it for us to be obedient and to be disciplined to then take all the glory for ourselves? That the kind of life that people remember, the kind of life that leaves a legacy in your family and other people's lives are because people have been obedient, they've been disciplined, and they've decided to reflect all the glory to Jesus because of what Jesus has done for them. And friend, I'm gonna tell you, there's no better life than that kind of life. And if you'll be willing to walk that road as Joseph did, God's promise is that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? What's God speaking to you this morning? I know it's a heavy message and it's Christmas time, but what's God speaking to you in this moment. That maybe his challenge to you today is to extend grace in a difficult situation. Or maybe for you it's to choose to consider the consequences before reacting. Or maybe it's to obey something that he's impressed on your heart no matter how scary it is. Or maybe it's to sacrifice your desires for his purpose. Or to do what Joseph did, to leave a legacy rather than just living a life. What's God speaking to you? My challenge to you today is to just be obedient. Have the courage to take a step in the direction that he's leading you to go and watch what God will do. Will you stand with me this morning as we prepare to pray? 
Hey, listen, I wanna remind you that in the corners to my left and right are our prayer corners. We've got prayer partners over there that they look forward to this moment all week. They're prayed up. They are ready to agree with you and whatever you've got going on in your life, whether it's related to this message or not. And so make sure after the service today that you slip over and spend some time over there. I want to remind you if today's your first time, make sure and drop by Connect Center today, get your free gift. And then finally, you'll see on your way out some Christmas Eve uh, invites and yard signs. Take as much as you want. It's all free. Um, let's get the word of Jesus and the life change that's happened in our life. Let's get it out so that other people can experience it too. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for this season in our life. The Lord, it would be easy for us to look at this and to be down, to be distraught, to be discouraged. But Father, knowing that spiritual maturity doesn't come through seasons of ease, it comes through seasons of difficulty. Father, I pray that, God, you would be with us in this moment. Father, I pray that you would forgive us not trusting you in the past. Forgive us of the moments that you've spoken to our hearts, you've impressed something to do or something to say and we didn't respond. Lord, forgive us today. And God, give us the courage to let go of our life and to grab a hold of your purpose so that we can leave a legacy, not just live a life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.